Hello and welcome to the Mind Springs podcast with me, Alastair Appleton. I hope you enjoy what you hear, and if you'd like to find out more about us, then visit mind-springs.org. And I wonder if it's worth in investigating whether thought is an addiction. You know, addictions are things that we do compulsively because we think they're going to make us feel good, but actually they usually lead, lead, make us feel awful. Of a compulsive but ultimately destructive. Seems to be a good idea at the time, but almost always leaves us feeling um, rotten at the end. And it's interesting to, uh, to see our thinking patterns in that way. Maybe our habit of leaping up into the, into the mind is, the thinking mind is a kind of form of addiction. It's also interesting, if, for those of us, I'm sure some of you work in the addiction field or work with addicts, that telling an addict that they should stop <laughs> is never really a good tactic. <laughs> for all sorts of reasons, because there's, is, they're not doing it because they love drinking. They're doing it to escape something. So telling someone to stop drinking is, is like, well, no. This is my escape. This is the thing I do to feel better. Why would I stop doing that? Which is why I think there's sometimes a problem with the way that meditation is, is taught. Not, not, not always, but you know, in some very primitive forms of, uh, of meditation, people are just told, well, just stop thinking. Stop. You know, whenever you hear it, feel a thought, just let it go. Come back to the breath. Just let it go. And of course, you know, I don't, I don't suppose anybody does it that crudely, but I think our, our minds do take it in that way, that it's like something I have to stop. And I'm more and more convinced that that's not, that's not a great way of working with the thinking mind. Actually, to understand it as an addiction is a much more useful uh, model. Because then we can explore what is it that we are in that moment that we leap up into thinking, just as in that moment that we pick up the bottle or we kind of turn on the internet or go onto Amazon or whatever it is that we do, what is it that we are uh, turning from? And then this becomes more interesting rather than beating ourselves up for, for thinking. What is it that we are turning from? I'd just like to say I don't have any answers to this. It's not like I'm sitting here with a kind of key. It's just it's really wonderful in this group to, to discuss these things because you know, sometimes you know, meditation, you know, people rush over it and like, oh, well, you know, just drop the thought and go back to your breath. But actually, you know, what are we going back to? Is it, do we want to go back there? Is, it, is there a part of us that is frightened of that? Maybe there is something self-soothing about the, the thinking. So this is wonderful, because this is what we're going to be working with all week. This frustration we have with ourselves. Oh, it's a beautiful sunny day. Here I am worrying about X, Y, or Z. You know, this is, uh, you know, I think we all feel that. 
walking along with this blistering blue sea and lovely sky and, and you're thinking about your tax return or like some trivial thing that you haven't sorted. And then there's another uh, thing that comes that we often don't then spot, which is like, oh, as Gary pointed out, oh, God, I can't believe I'm doing that. I'm wasting my time on the island. I should be, you know, all blissed out and, like, in my heart. But that is... The, yeah, I've got it wrong again. But that part, that part of ourselves, this is also part of the whole display that we have to hold in our awareness. It's not just the, um, it's, the it's everything. Everything that comes up is, is valid. It's not that, the, oh, this is a bad part of me, or this is like a wrong, the thinking part is a wrong part of me. If you're thinking, you're thinking. The instruction to come back into the body is, if you like, an alternative. This is another option. We could think, we could beat ourselves up for thinking, we could beat ourselves up for beating ourselves up for thinking, or we could cut through and come down into our body, but we probably won't. We'll probably go on thinking. And it's all okay. <laughs> on some level, it's all okay. But just the, the somatic path is another option. And we can see, what does it feel like? Does it feel like a, a more skillful, a more coherent, more pleasing place to be. Just resting in the, in the going and coming and going, the toing and froing, the kaleidoscope of the heart. It's just another place to be. But it's nice to have options. And ultimately, you know, this is what Reggie teaches and this is what I've you know, many of us have discovered that actually it's that place that gives us just that more space, that gives us a kinder space to witness all the other things. But this is for us to discover. This is not, you don't just believe me. To witness all the other things, including thinking. Yeah. Well, not even to witness, just to be aware of it. It's not really separate. It's, it's part of the whole display. So our thoughts and our frustration about our thoughts and the, the blue sky, and it's all, it's all happening. But, you know, the Buddhist path suggests that a more skillful place to experience it all is in that open-hearted awareness. But it's up to you to, to test it. Don't, don't just believe it because you, you know, it's in a book or because I said it. You, we need to actually feel it. Does it feel better than drinking six bottles of Merlot? I don't know. I mean, personally, I think it does, but then that's because I do it. You know, it's where I hang out. But a very simple example would be the part of you that says, oh, Gary, you're thinking and you should be enjoying this beautiful weather. Can you, can you feel that part of you? Can you recognize that part of you? Well, can you, can you get into that space? Can you be in that, that voice? Yeah. And what does it feel like in your body? Uh, toxic. There you go. So that's, that's what you feel in your body when you're in that seat, 
in that part of you. And be, feeling toxic is, you know, it's not so nice. So that's, that's what I mean by, you know, there's important information in it. That when you're in that seat of like the critical voice, um, it has an Im impact on your body, it has an impact on your state of being. And rather than just you know, sit there without thinking about it, we can go, oh, this actually doesn't feel so good. Yeah, and then there's some action, then you write it. You know, if you are aware of the, that your thoughts are making you feel toxic, then there's a response. It's not just a cold, you know, objective witness. This awareness goes towards, you know, if something's hurting, then it will make adjustments to stop it hurting. If something's joyful, it will rejoice. If something's uncertain, then it will you know, wait with it, holding its hand until it's resolved. I think the mind that is the mind that is in touch with its inner awareness, what you want to call it, what it, you can call it whatever, the self with the capital S or Buddha nature or just open-hearted awareness, whatever that thing that we connect with, we might call it, is a self-writing mind. You know, things kind of it's like you have if you walk into a room and a picture is wonky, you know how to write it. It's not like a, oh, no, I need to get a diagram, I need to phone some friends, or I need to have a map. You, you just straighten the picture. And when we're in that kind of open state of, of just simple, ordinary mind, the, the, the solution is obvious. We don't, it's not a big fuss. So we just stop drinking, or we just don't think so much. The, the, the people that are important step forward and the people that are not so important step away. There's a beautiful image in um, Richard Schwartz's work of the, um, the potter's wheel. You know, the, the, it's like the awareness, the, the kind of open-hearted awareness is like the spinning of the wheel. So whatever you throw on the wheel, it kind of forms. But if the wheel is wonky... And then everything is like <laughs> all over the place. So it's that kind of central spindle, that centrifugal force of awareness that keeps everything um, self-writing, writing like you know, like something that corrects itself. So I think we. This is why we just need to relax into it. But what's been really interesting in this discussion is that there are lots of parts of us that are frightened of it. And this is what we're going to explore in this, this, this week. Because until we bring some appreciation and warmth to those parts, it's going to be very, very difficult. We're going to be constantly going to our favorite escape routes, constantly exiting the, the kind of delightful space of the heart not because it's not delightful, but because we're afraid of it, or parts of us are afraid of it. And so this is what we're going to be exploring. You know, usually we skip over this bit and just go by force of will. You know, will sit down and meditate. I will do it. But it's, I'm not sure that's the best way. Loving your recalcitrant and stubborn and bloody-minded parts 
parts that don't want to meditate and fuck being in my heart and I, don't, I want to go and think about something else. These are the parts that we want to work with. And this is what Maitri is, bringing some wisdom and love and space and kindness to those parts. Which is why it's really it's wonderful work. It's definitely a better space to be, speaking personally. It's, a, it's, it's nicer to hang out in the heart space than up in the head, I, I think, or I feel. Um, but there is more, you know, you know and this is what the, the Buddhist teachers point to, that actually it's not just a nicer space to be, but actually it connects to something that is way nicer, you know, that's really a game changer. The space of open-hearted awareness is actually connected to this huge field of awareness and of, of blessing that can really transform a life, not just sort of tinker around the edges. But yeah, it's definitely... It's more that we can just start liking the bits that we don't like. Well, no. I mean, it happens because we're in contact with that big field of awareness. Because it's the field of awareness that likes the bits that we don't like. You know, we, when we say, oh, I don't like that part, or I like this part, that's really just another part speaking. That's another part of the ego. So we have to step out of the ego, and we do that <laughs> by entering the body, in order to find the inrush of, of love and tenderness and wisdom that can hold all those parts totally fine. It's like... Totally fine that you're an addict, totally fine that you're angry, totally fine that you're terrified, panicky. It's all, you know, I totally know how to hold all that. And um, we just don't have the confidence that that part is there, but it is there. Thank you for listening, and please do join us again for more podcasts from MindSprings. You can find out more about us and our work at mind-springs.org. That's mind-springs.org.